Hi, welcome to Matters of the Heart and Soul. I'm your host, Janie Charlotte. Matters of the Heart and Soul is a podcast to raise awareness and awaken humanity to all that is within. We want to be a beacon of light on your life journey. Hi guys, welcome to Matters of the Heart and Soul Podcast. My name is Janie Charlotte, and this is part two of Are You an Empath with Miss Kara Severe. So Kara, welcome back for part two. Thank you so much for having me, Janie. Yes, so we got a lot of feedback um, on our first part, so I'm really, really excited to dive in on this second part. Um, if you have not listened to part one of Am I an Empath, I want you to go on YouTube, you can go on Anchor Podcast or um, Apple Podcasts, and you can look for it. Am I an Empath on Matters of the Heart and Soul Podcast? Part one is going to really give you a lot of information on the stuff we're going to talk about today. So you have to listen to both parts. Um, on part one, we covered, of course, what is an empath. We covered what is a Reiki practitioner because Ms. Kara is a Reiki practitioner. So she covered that. Uh, we talked about about five things that you can kind of do some self-evaluation on if you are an empath. So um, Kara, she talked about that. And we kind of left off on, oh, we did talk about uh, narcissists yeah. and the empath relationship. Mm -hmm. And we can kind of touch on that a little bit today. I don't want to waste too much time on it because we covered it a great deal on the first podcast, but we'll, we'll definitely touch back on that. Okay. And then we left off on balance and mm -hmm. what it looks like when an empath is completely out of balance. So, Kara. Let's get yes. started. Yes, yes. Um, and, um, and I love how you brought right in with um, part one because we did really talk about just what it looks like. Um, it definitely is an, a picture of an unhealthy person, um, anxiety, depression, um, being either over or underweight, depending on the empath's personality, um, just a real unsettling feeling. Um, we feel like we, we already feel different, but you definitely uh, want to be inside your home. You don't want to go out. Um, your light is dim. You know, you physically look ill. Um, usually empaths are bright. They have this light that people notice and that aura is just really, really shiny. And when you are not healthy, um, we stand out even more. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, and I think yeah. we kind of mentioned that is a daily task of staying balanced and balancing your emotions. Yes. Um, we touched on that a little bit as well. Yeah, um, definitely. Um, just want to restate, you know, being an empath is, is a, it's a character. It's who you are. And um, it is daily. And I, I remember saying last time that in the very beginning, I felt like it was a chore. And that's why I didn't really delve into it. Um, I had, you know, was hearing from my spiritual advisors, oh, you're a sponge, you soak things up, you need to make sure you take certain baths, you need to, you know, eat a certain way and don't do this and don't do that. And I was just like, wait a second, this list is getting longer and longer. Like I want to live. And, and I think my my thought processing was, well, does everybody have to do this? Like, why do I have to take all these considerations? Like, I don't yeah. want to do this. This is heavy, right? And so then I just started realizing that 
you know, there are differences in people. Everyone has, has a purpose. And all I know is um, this past August, when I went away on a working sabbatical, is what I like to call it, it, I just had an awakening. It was abrupt. It was, it was just like literally I just sat up and it's like, I'm an empath. Like, mm-hmm. okay, just clear, cognizant, just like a knowingness. And I just started going back through information that was given to me and lights were going off. And it was just like, oh my goodness, like mm-hmm. this has been like the missing link. So I have to honor myself. I have to honor the gift and just, you know, go all in. Yeah. So let's talk about the difference in male versus female impacts. Um, And I want to touch on this because I think it's very common for females and women to be very intuitive, be more in touch with their spiritual side. But I know that there are a lot of male impacts out there. So what have you noticed as far as the differences in male versus female impacts? How can some of our male counterparts start to do that self-awareness as well? Hey, I might be an empath. And how can they balance that with their masculine energy? Right. And that was what I was going to say is the primary difference uh, between male and female empaths is the culture. So culturally, um, even if it's um, American culture, Hispanic culture, Whatever that culture is, men are typically thought of being very, very strong. You know, hey, don't cry. Um, You know, you can take a punch or, you know, they're looked at to be very, very strong. And even though men um, just by nature tend to be stronger, like physically than women, um, that emotional aspect of a male empath tends to overshadow that physical strength. And um, a lot of times the culture really... um, affects the males because they can they they fit all the other criteria for being an empath highly sensitive highly intuitive and imagine trying you you are that and then you're feeling these things and you know someone is telling you whether it's a family you know person or you know you're in school people are making fun of you like oh you're a crybaby oh you feel too much you know men don't do this men don't do that so they start to question themselves mm-hmm. and a lot of times men those men are more prone to anxiety depression fatigue because they really feel like i know that i feel these things but what do i do with them i'm not a girl you know but i i i feel this way so they they have generally um more of a role to toe as far as self-acceptance and understanding. Mm-hmm. And um, in the um, Facebook group, we do have a male who is in the group. And um, it was awesome just to see him express to me that this is who I am, you know, and I was caught up with a person who, you know, basically didn't have my interests at heart and I had to go about it this way, but it's, it's a very strong male uh, personality, but he was able to be honest about it and say, Hey, I'm an empath. And, and you are starting to see that more and more. Sometimes um, the males that are coming out and saying, Hey, I'm an empath. You will see them being more tender, more loving, more kind with their significant others. So that's a plus. Yeah. Um, They're more fully committed um, to relationships. Um, Like, I I think at one point we talked about what careers may empaths go into. These may be your veterinarians, like your male vets that you see, Um, you know, your EMTs, even your physicians, your male nurses. There's there's a little something extra where they um, their heart is open. Mm -hmm. Um, Even male coaches, whether it's a a social coach or a business coach or actual physical fitness coach. Um, they, they truly care. And mm. everyone that carries the title, of course, is not an empath, but you'll notice something different. I 
believe that my coach is an empath um, because he just cares about everybody. He's intuitive about everybody. Mm -hmm. um, I believe my older brother is an empath. Um, he's in the social services field. And so he definitely fits some of those traits. So it's something that um, is very prevalent in society, but I think the culture is what makes it more acceptable for women versus men. Mm -hmm. That's great insight. Um, really great insight. Mm -hmm. um, so let's talk a little bit about healing as an empath. Um, we mentioned a little bit before in part one that um, being an empath, it's actually a mission. I mean, you're here on a mission and sometimes you don't know it until you awaken to it. And a part of that mission is healing. So let's talk about, um, Kara, how does that relate to one, the empath healing self, healing his or herself? How does that snowball into healing others? And then in return, the entire world? Great questions, and they are all related. And as you mentioned, as an empath, the first thing to heal is ourself. And that is because we, we awaken to it. Um, like we said, we are, we're these babies, we're these children, and we're learning that, hey, we're extra sensitive, we're intuitive, and we have to, to learn to balance that as we are living our lives in these different cultures. And the very definition of healing is to cause something to become healthy again. So that means that at some point, I like that. Wounded, I like that right? definition. I like to get to, to the definition and figure out, okay, what does this mm -hmm. mean? What is actually taking place? So that means that you have to return back to a healthy state. So the question is, what happened? When do we get healed? When did we go through traumas? And depending on the person is at different levels, different ages. And so that's part of the journey is going back to where are my wounds? How do I turn the light on on those wounds? How do I heal that? And depending on the person, um, you know, various methods can be used. And I was amazed to find out that there are like, I saw like 77 healing methods. And so, um, of course, I love Reiki because I'm a Reiki practitioner. Uh, that's energy healing where the energy centers in the body are balanced and renewed and restored, which is very important for empaths to be in balance. And there's acupuncture, acupressure. And these are going to be more of the spiritual and emotional components of healing. And then obviously when you deal with physical healing, like if you have high blood pressure, you have medical issues, I believe that those things are tied more into soul issues and emotional issues. So you do have to fix the physical first, especially when you have, you know, like diabetes and things of that nature. So you have to fix those first, but then, you know, work with your medical professional to come off of those uh, prescriptions if you can and, you know, enter some other alternative methods. So I mentioned acupuncture, acupressure. Um, there's angel healing, aura healing. Aura is just, you know, the energetic field that some of us can see, you know, around an individual, um, aromatherapy. That is really taking a, a big trend, a big uptake on the trend as of recently, aromatherapy. Um, I love essential oils and I'm really starting to include them in my practice as well as my products. Biofeedback, Ayurvedic medicine, um, that is just a, a medicine um, from the uh, traditional Indian culture and that just spans thousands and thousands of years. That's the Ayurvedic medicine. Uh, plant medicine, breath work. Uh, there is a belief that breathing can heal a lot of illnesses. And I really believe that to be true. Wow. And we, 
you know, you know, we, our breathing is just not right. Right. We're not. Well, taking we, like we, we mentioned this in another podcast. Um, when we breathe in oxygen, every single cell in our body needs oxygen. Yes. And most times people are not taking in enough oxygen. They're not getting those deep breaths in. Right. And when you breathe in oxygen, you're releasing all that pain and all the other stuff that's been in there. So breath work is really important. It's really important. Getting rid of the carbon dioxide, which is the poison, right? So yeah. the body, imagine this, the body does all this hard work to break things down and, and, you know, get spiritual, you know, inside each cell, they're connecting, they're communicating. It's like, okay, release this, release that. And then we don't breathe it out. That's like a simple way to expel, you it know, is. just, you know, we, we don't. It is. Um, <laughs> and so we talked about Reiki with the chakra balancing, traditional Chinese medicine. Um, there's something called cupping that I've had done before where they actually place um, cups. There's a method that they use, um, I want to say like oxygen in a match. And so they kind of create like a sucking motion mm -hmm. on your back. And so it's placed in certain patterns to, to you know, provide some relief spiritually for some challenges or barriers or blockages mm -hmm. for all. Yeah. <laughs> um, hypnosis, even chiropractic medicine. I love each and every one of those. I am definitely more attuned to the natural healing forms. What do we have in the very beginning? And being of African descent, you know, we didn't always have the clinic, you know, down the street or urgent care centers and all of that. So what were we doing? And it was the impasse. It was, it were the healers of the, the healers mm -hmm. that were actually, um, they knew they were intuitive. The medicine men, the medicine women, these are all impasse, you know, knowing exactly what to put together. You know, we can think of now some of those, um, and I will tell you something funny, some of those, um, I'll say, remedies that our grandparents or great-grandparents, you know, taught us. I remember one time I was with my grandmother and I had this cough. And I mean, it was just a really bad cough. And I was a little girl. I was probably like nine or 10. And, you know, then when you go with your grandparents, you sleep in the same room with them. So I was sleeping in the bed with her. She had a nice big bed. And I just remember coughing and coughing and coughing. And I woke up. She went and got some Vaseline. I mean, Vaseline and a, a tablespoon, not a teaspoon, but a tablespoon, dipped it in that jar. I, you know, that's my grandmother. So I took that. Vaseline and I swallowed it. That was it for the cough. Mm. It wasn't mentholated. It was just strictly petroleum jelly, like Vaseline. Mm -hmm. and it was for a cough. And I can guarantee you, I will never forget that. Well, and you know, and just thinking about that, I could see how the thickness of the petroleum jelly just calmed those bronchial hairs that yes. typically get aggravated in a cough. Right, right. And it's interesting because that's almost like a simple fix. <laughs> right. And, and I wonder... Did she get that intuition at that moment mm. or was that something that she knew beforehand? Right. Wow. So, yeah. you know, I, I love it. And, and just even like with my mom, I remember being a child and um, she had a hair um, grease, I'll call it, that she made for us. And it was just things from the earth, like um, pine tar oil. Um, there were three other things. Vaseline was in one of those. And it was like a couple other things that she mm -hmm. used. And it was just like, 
where did she get that from, right? And so these are things that are passed down from generation to generation. And I think that we need to return back to a lot of that, if not all of it. I believe all of it. Let's figure out, you know, what was the basis for that? These are healing modalities that, that don't have side effects, that, you know, produce healing and, and things. It's part of the culture that we need to pass along. Yeah, so, that's great insight. Yeah. And I just wanted to add... Um, You know, I do believe that conventional pharmaceuticals have a place, but even being as a a nurse practitioner, I totally agree that there is a deeper spiritual, emotional issue when we see physical symptoms. Right. Um, And just prime example, like a lot of people who's never had a flu vaccine. um, And I I see it a lot in the kids. You know, they're so scared. They don't want to get a flu vaccine. They're just frightened. And, um, you know, I always tell them, just take a deep breath. Just take a deep breath. So a lot of things come from our emotional, spiritual issue. So whether it's anxiety, depression, whether it's some deep wound, um, rejection or um, feelings of not being enough, it, it will manifest physically and you will Absolutely. have physical symptoms Absolutely. and it can appear in any of the systematic systems typically that you will, you know, that you'll see in conventional medicine. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Very palpable diseases. Um, skin is one of them. Um, um, skin, you know, is the largest organ, you know, on our body. And you got to think of the skin as detoxing. So I always mm-hmm. tell people when you're having a lot of breakouts, um, you know, don't run straight to like, say, Accutane or something mm-hmm. like that. That can have all these horrible side effects. You know, start to think what is it you can detox from your diet and your life? people and things included you know right stress is a big thing and you know you're worrying if you are you know not aware you know being an empath and so you're not saying no you don't have boundaries set up you're stressed out you're trying to be here you're trying to be there for everybody you're not drinking water water is a huge thing you know um with helping to heal the body and to nurture everything that's taking place internally so if you don't honor yourself you know, there's just going to be a lot of repercussion that'll be felt, you know, physically, yeah. mentally, yeah. spiritually, all of that. That is great. Um, let's talk about the healing process as mm-hmm. it relates to um, an empath. Um, and I know we, we're in a quick world. We want a quick fix. We want it done in a day. We want it done in two days right. and the most a week. Okay. Cause right, exactly. I was going to say, going. <laughs> all this stuff to do. Let's talk about the healing process because I tell people all the time, give yourself time, give your body time, give, give yourself time. What do you recommend or what have you seen in the healing process as an empath? Right, right. So first of all, um, I just want to talk about time. Um, Time is relative. So that's the first thing we need to understand. You know, we are on our own time frame, right? Our body, just birth order, um, where we were born, when, how, there's so many things involved with who we are as a person and what we're going to have to heal from. So that lengthy process, and I I don't want to say lengthy, but the process of healing is going to be individualized. Mm -hmm. And so it's a journey. It's not a destination. So it's not a time frame of this will be six months or this will be seven days. Because this, we're going to be really healing and fortifying and having to balance ourselves. Like I do Reiki every single day. I didn't reach a 
destination of healing. I, every single day I'm having to do these things. So healing is just ongoing. Yes. It's just making sure that daily you are checking in. Am I okay? Do I need to rebalance, drink this, not eat this, that sort of thing. And since time is relative, um, it's really important to focus on the intention of being divinely healed. Mm-hmm. And that's an everyday thing. When you wake up in the morning, your intention should be divine healing. So you're asking yourself, you're, you're talking to your body, you're being self-aware. What's going on with me today? How am I feeling? Hmm, I have a headache. When was the last time I had some water? You know, am I overthinking something? Is something worrying me? You know, um, did I have something as simple as, am I wearing braids? Or am I doing something where it's just tension physically on my, on my scalp? What am I fighting against spiritually that's providing tension, that's manifesting, you know, um, as, a, as a headache? You know, things like that. Um, you want to really make sure that, you know, we're, we're soulfully imprinted, is what I like to say, um, as empaths. And what we have to understand by being soulfully imprinted, we're meant to heal other people. So we're going to feel out of source. We're going to feel out of whack for the majority of our life until we awaken to being, you know, who we are. So there's going to be this nagging that something's not right. Like, I, what, what is this? Like, and it's going to force you to search and figure that out. And I just encourage um, every person who's an empath, continue the journey. And if you're not, and you're kind of thinking, but I think I might be definitely the, the, the best thing you can do is begin the journey of healing and that's self-healing and whether it's emotional, you know, um, we all come from different backgrounds, childhoods, different experiences. We talked about the narcissistic relationship. Sometimes it's not just a love relationship. Sometimes the narcissist can be a family member. It can be a parent, you know, it could be a sibling. I mean, just, you, you just have to understand that, you know, this healing is on all levels, spiritual, mental, physical, and it's really a lifetime journey. Yeah, that is, that is so true. Um, so, and I've said this before, so much of enlightenment is unlearning so many things that we were taught, um, not purposely, but, you know, it was taught and it no longer serves us. Perhaps it served us at one point in our life, but it does not serve us anymore. And um, a part of being in tune with who you are and your needs. And like you said, we're on our own time. My time is different from yours. And we have to allow our timing of things to manifest. When it's time. Right. And and to, to just be okay with that, to accept that, to surrender, surrender, right? (laughs) To have joy in the fact that I'm me, I accept me for who I am. This is my journey. And, and, you know, we talked about setting boundaries, set the boundaries. Don't let other people attempt to make you feel as though, wow, you're this age. You should be over here. You You should be doing this. Who are you? What are you doing? Focus on you and focus on me, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And honestly, uh, when you surrender to yourself, because that's what it's about, your higher self, it's amazing. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. It's, you realize that the only person that could take you off is yourself. Exactly. 
and us allowing, allowing it, you know, because someone could be sent to, you know, distract or whatever the case may be. And if we fall for that, we allow that, right? We're in control of us. That's why I say it's just daily reminders to yourself, daily healing, daily methods of meditation, whatever you need to do to get grounded. You know, we talked last time about going out in nature. I'm telling you, I, I never realized because I've been in Atlanta for a period of time and I never realized the importance of going outside. It sounds kind of funny, but Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that I needed it, you know, until I would say about five years ago when I went first time I went up Stone Mountain and my eyes were just like, wow, I've been here for about seven, you know, for a period of time, about seven years. And I said, I, I've never been to Stone Mountain. I, I didn't realize that I needed to get outside, you know, mm-hmm. and, and working um, as a nurse, you, you're working your shift and there are no open windows, of course, in the hospital. You're working 12 hours and you have the artificial lighting. And if you never stop to go outside and get, take a, a breath of fresh air or, mm-hmm. or eat some greenery that yeah. you know, photosynthesis has taken place and you're able to feel and taste the sun and the leaves, you just, as an empath, it does so much damage um, it just kind of holds us back from progressing. So definitely understanding that we're each on our own time, our, our own unraveling of sorts and relearning and reconnecting. And it's a beautiful process and just allowing it to take place and just not feeling like, okay, let me look around. Okay, she's an empath. What is she doing? Okay, she's an empath. What is she doing? You know, no, none of that. Just be calm. Yes. Just know that you are exactly where you need to be. You are exactly, even if it's, you know, working in a career that, no longer serves you. You're exactly where you need to be. What do you need to do to transition or to pivot? You know, all of that. Absolutely. So let's talk about protecting our energy as empaths um, and how to transmute and transform negative energy. Um, And then we'll talk a little bit about just energy as a whole, because I believe the whole world is operating on energy. So let's dive a little bit into protecting our energy first. Absolutely. So the first thing is to delve into self-awareness. And that is from an unapologetic standpoint. We were just saying, be unapologetically you. And the way that you can do that is spend more time with yourself. As an empath, we actually require alone time. And part of that alone time is for thinking and processing and feeling and letting go and rebalancing. So becoming self-aware is number one. Number two, get healthy. We got to get healthy. What are we eating? What are we drinking? Are we exercising? You don't have to go out here and join a CrossFit gym. You don't have to go out here and run 20 miles every day when you become self-aware, you know what you would like to do. Oh, I like to dance. Let me try taking a dance class. You know, I like meditation or I like Tai Chi or I like, you know, Qigong, whatever that is, explore that. That's becoming self-aware and getting more into what you like to do. But you got to get healthy because your body is really a manifestation. That, that's how you're going to stay here, right? You don't want to be on a cane talking about I'm a healer. Wait a second. That's not going to look right. Mm-hmm. You know, the other people are like, well, heal yourself first, right? Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure that you get healthy. In doing so, you're going to begin listening to your body. You're going to know what you should do, you know, who you should be allowing around you, what you should be taking in, you know, um, what types of food and people and circumstances elicit whatever responses in our bodies. You know, how do we feel? When we talk to this person, do I feel great or do I feel down? And like, whew, 
you know, I got to breathe out or, you know, how do I feel when I eat this food? You know, hmm, what do I look like? You know, do I need to continue doing that or should I let that go? Everything, as you were saying, saying, Jamie, is, is energy. So if we're interacting with it, whether we're eating it or commingling with it, it has an effect on us. It's very important for us to be aware of that. Allow nature to be your best friend. Now, I'm not saying, you know, be antisocial, but what I am saying is you really need to fall in love with nature as an empath. Even if it's just stepping outside at some point during the day, taking a deep breath and really deeply breathing in and out. Just five good repetitions of in and out breathing, breathing correctly, breathing through your belly, letting your belly expand and just breathing out through your nostrils and just letting everything balance within your body is very, very important. Set immovable boundaries. I can think of at least one person that I know I cannot talk to them before I go to sleep. I, I know that. Um, I don't need to uh, play around with that or, oh, what's different? Or maybe it's an emergency. I'll just pick up this. No, if I see it and it's within like a, an hour or two of when I'm getting ready to go to sleep, that call will be shifted to voicemail. Mm-hmm. It's because of the energy that they carry. It's nothing personal because, you know, along the journey, you'll realize that your journey is your journey. So you don't need to impose that on other people. You don't have to tell people, I'm on my journey. So you need to da da da. No, right. <laughs> you just right. realize that this is internal. This is personal. And you just disassociate yourself. You just, at some, at some times you need to, you know, sever ties if it's very severe, but you take those precautions, setting those immovable boundaries. Like I said, I know what time is it? Oh, if I see a call from that person, won't be able to answer that because I have to put myself as a priority. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we struggle with as empaths is guilt. And it's just um, guilt is a very low vibration, very low frequency, and it wreaks havoc on our bodies physically if it's a long-standing guilt. And it could be guilt for very little things like saying no. Like we feel guilty for, you know, saying no, not being able to do something. And it's just like, where does that come from? We have to get rid of that. That's um, so true. Isn't that something? A lot of people, that, yeah, people can't say no. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And so those who are people pleasers is another way that we um, hear about that. You know, they become stressed and overworked and they feel undervalued and burnout is, is going to happen. There's going to be a physical response in the body from just never saying no and not putting yourself first. So setting those immovable boundaries, getting rid of guilt, I would say investing in crystals, investing in incense, just because as part of that aromatherapy, and it's something about using the the nose, bringing that in, bringing that in through a sensation of breathing. Um, Black tourmaline, black onyx is what I like to use to really block and release and transmute negative energy. Mm -hmm. White sage and black sage as well to help clear the air, literally clear the air. But you always have to remember to open a window, open a door to let the negative energy out. Out. But those are, are other physical ways that you can um, just have a peaceful experience and to help heal yourself. Ask for guidance. Whatever your spiritual belief is, if you work with your spirit guides, angels, God, whatever you want to call it, gods, goddesses, work with it. Ask for guidance. Ask a question. Hmm, these um, individuals are having to get together. Hmm, should I go? what do you think? You know, how how does it feel? How do I feel? You know, is that going to take it up past a time that I know I'm normally going to bed? You know, do I want to participate? Do I not? That kind of thing. You know, it's okay Mm -hmm. to ask for guidance. 
Mm-hmm. Trust yourself. This is also a huge one, along with guilt, is trusting ourselves. A lot of times we've been made to feel that, you know, we not to to take ourselves with any stock. You know, people look at us crazy anyway. You know, when you're, you know, as a child and you're, you know, hearing things, maybe seeing things and moving a certain way, doing just living your, your life with intent and purpose. So you tend to sometimes self-doubt yourself. You'll think like, hmm, do I really know? Is this really real? Especially when you're in a situation where you may be the only empath. So mm-hmm. you might start to question yourself. So you have to fortify that healing within yourself and say, hey, I trust myself, you know? Mm-hmm. The last thing is embrace who you are. You're an empath and you are meant to heal large populations of people as well as yourself. It's a gift. It is not a curse. And just embrace it, every aspect of it, whether you are just finding out what you think you might be and you're going to find out relatively soon that, hey, this is who I am. Don't keep second guessing it. Don't take three or four years saying, well, I think I am. I think I am. Where have you done the research? You know, it's your soul is, is answering the call. So go ahead and ask more, seek more, and you will have more revealed to you. Yeah. And it's definitely about answering the call. Um, you'll know it. You'll know it when it's time. Right. Um, Kara, what book can you recommend to our listeners? Um, empath or not, um, and it, it could be totally off subject, but what book could you recommend to our listeners and why? Well, I'm going to have to keep it <laughs> with empaths. Um, I would suggest, especially if you um, just have, you have an inkling, but you're really not that, that sure. I would say um, The Empath Survival Guide by Dr. Judith Orloff. And the reason why I like her is because she's a, a medical physician. She's an MD, but she's also an empath. And some people need science to back up spiritual findings, right? Some people need to have a, a marrying of both worlds. You don't want to, you know, look at it as, oh, you know, this is kind of woo-woo. This is kind of, you know, it might be kind of counterintuitive to people's religion and things of that nature. So you might want to read something to where you feel as though a medical physician is letting you know, this is how you survive. This is what you need to look out for. These are the traits. These are, you know, the characteristics. So I like um, what she presents. There's also exercises where you can um, become more in tune and, you know, there's a self quiz that you can take um, if you have an inkling of, you know, being an empath. And there's also tools that can help protect you from being overloaded um, with your senses because, you know, we're highly sensitive. So there's tools to help you work with that and to honor that tools to help you with exhaustion, compassion, and compassion fatigue. And as, you know, working in the nursing industry, compassion fatigue and being an empath really wore me out mm-hmm. for a very long time. I did not know what was going on. I just know that the only thing I could do was go to work and go home and sleep. <clears throat> yeah. It was just, it was, I had never um, in my life been so tired. You know, once I passed boards and began working as a nurse, it was just, it was a lot. And it took me a very long time, relatively speaking, to figure out, oh, <laughs> even yeah. though my spiritual advisors, they were giving me hints and telling me, oh, you know, you don't know who you are. You respond, you soak up everything. Now I see they were saying all the buzzwords, but, and I just kept thinking, I was getting more frustrated than anything. Like, okay, can somebody just tell me, what is it? What do I need to know? And it doesn't work like that. This is a journey. 
Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's what was going on. I was an empath. I was absorbing everything. And sickness and illness is a very dense and thick, heavy energy. Mm-hmm. And 12-hour shifts, not going outside, not eating correctly, it just, it just really ravaged me. And it will. Yeah, yeah, if, you, if you can't balance that, it definitely will. It definitely will. So yeah. that's a great recommendation. Um, Kara, so today at the time of this podcast, what would you say is the greatest matter of your heart right now? I love that question. The greatest matter of my heart. Um, I would say expansion with my Reiki practice. That's my focus right now is, um, and I'll be able to release some information uh, tomorrow afternoon, but um, I am a healer. I have embraced that. I'm a teacher. I come from a lineage of teachers and um, it's just past time to let the world know Mm -hmm. on a large scale, you know, just open myself to where people can come and, and feel the effects of that. And so that's where I am. It's just the greatest matter is I've already recognized and accepted that I'm a healer and a teacher, and I want to share that with the rest of the world. That's beautiful. And um, I wish you all the luck on that. We are all here to expand and to be expansive as spiritual beings. And I have no doubt you're going to do that, especially um, when you know that there's infinite possibilities in this, in this world. Um, it's just a matter of it, um, of us allowing it to come in. We surrender when it come in and we know that it may not look the way I want it to, but it's going to come in and I have to be open to receive it. Yes. That's it. And to, and to walk in it, walk in that. And walk perfect. in it. Exactly. Right. Right. So, wow, guys, this was part two of Matters of the Heart and Soul podcast with Miss Kara Severe. This was Am I an Empath part two. So make sure you check out part one so that this particular episode will make sense to you. Matters of the Heart and Soul podcast is a podcast inspired by love, God, relationships, spirituality, justice, culture, family, children, finances, freedom, personal growth, energy and vibrations, universal principles, health, education, masculine and feminine energy, music, and all things of the heart and soul. We appreciate you guys. Please check out our podcast on I think we're on about nine podcasting platforms, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Kara, it's been a joy. Thank you so much for having me. All righty. 